Welcome to the Get a Grip podcast. This is episode number five, and we record this thing on Tuesday night every week, and we are doing it again tonight. We have so much to talk about and so little time to do it, but uh, stepping in and um, going to be in the backfield, apparently this is what I was told to say. He's here with me now full-time, at least until next time. And then we'll see from there. But he's Dan Bach at Dan underscore B-A-C-K. It looks like Bach, pronounced like Bach. And Dan is back here with me. Dan, what's up, man? You are looking uh, really, you got the nice Roto Grinders t-shirt on down in Florida. Look like you've been at the beach over the weekend. A uh, little sun. What's going on down there? Yeah, no, things are good. It's it, We haven't like morphed into just the the horrible humid summer yet mm. so you know i'm enjoying like this last month or two that we're gonna get because florida is wonderful basically outside of july august september those yeah. three months you might as well just leave and go somewhere else so yeah. um we haven't gotten to that point yet so enjoying the good weather and uh yeah man excited to uh to be doing this but i i have a little bit of bad news for us okay Uh-oh. i gotta lead off with some bad news okay and the bad news is when we conceived the name of this show, um, I loved it so much because it fit what we do at Sports Handle. Sports yes. Handle, get a grip, great play yes. on words. And little did I know that there's a golf podcast by our friend Max Homo, who's like, you know, the, the no, number one guy Homo. on Twitter yeah. in the PGA and he and, and Shane Bacon on the Golf Channel do a Get a Grip golf podcast. Come on. So I, I think we're okay, but I think we just got to call it the Get a Grip sports betting podcast when you make your introduction. Because therefore, okay. we're sports betting their golf. But, you know, I, I felt a little bit bad when I found out that okay. was the name of their show. Damn it. I didn't know that. But I love, I, I love Homa, and I haven't heard the podcast yet, but – all right, so we're to get a grip betting podcast. There we're we go. Sports betting business podcast. Something we'll figure something out. I like, but yeah, we'll use that. We're not changing the name. I'm no, just no, I, no, not now. Not just, with the momentum we've gotten no. throughout the first four episodes, and <laughs> now the, they got us in the backfield. The I mean, this bias. is like Zonka and Kick. This is this this is this is Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer, two thousand yard <laughs> rushers in a backfield. We're rolling. With this, I am Dave Sherrup in the Sportsbook Consigliere at SportsBK Consig, and uh, producing the show, Dan Newbert at Newbie Talks. Uh, he is here with us, making sure everything sounds good, and he will weigh in later uh, with a few things. And anytime he feels the need to, he will chime in. Um, the show can be found at Sports Handle, which is Sports underscore Handle. And uh, the executive producer of the show, who was a the former co-host, he's going to step back over to the sideline, basically direct everything, kind of tell us what to talk about, when to talk about it, different things like that. Whether we take his play call or not, or audible, that's a whole new story. But he's <laughs> Brett Smiley. Yeah, we might be doing that a little bit. But that's Brett Smiley. He's at Brett Smiley on Twitter. And uh, listen, he came up with a couple things, and I said, all right, how are we going to fit this in? in less than 60 minutes because that's the goal of the podcast is staying under 60 because everybody's busy. We thank you for listening to the podcast, follow along, subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on Spotify, uh, iTunes, a podcast app, anywhere you get it. 
uh, just hit the subscribe button and it'll automatically come to you. Um, we're going to start pretty much in Florida well, where Dan's at, and we're going to discuss that situation, which, my God, I don't even know where to begin. I'm not a lawyer, but we've <laughs> talked to some, and uh, we're going to need one to figure it out, so we'll go there. Then uh, we're going to talk about PASPA being three years past now, and um, maybe three things that surprise us and three things that didn't. Surprising least, surprising most. So we'll discuss that. Uh, some other situations happening in the sports betting world between these ad costs and things like that and people stepping down at timely times right now. Uh, all kind of changes going on. So we got a list of things we're going to get to. Dan, first of all, let's talk about Florida, where you live. You said yeah. it's nice. I think you under undersold June. June is not nice there. That's when the <sighs> bugs come out. It starts to get a little hot. A lot of things happening right now. Sports betting and sports fantasy, all this stuff. The, the Seminoles are putting a chokehold on this whole thing. And I started to read it, and I got a little bit too deep and over my head. I'll throw it to you first, and then we'll try to have a discussion. What the yeah. hell is going on down there? Yeah, let, let's start off with just what happened uh, today. Again, we're recording this on Tuesday. The Senate basically voted and said the compact is good enough for us. We we're we we're going to sign off on this compact. So that without uh, changing it, there was a few small changes. There was one stipulation that said that they had to negotiate um, online betting within, I think it was 36 months of the start of the compact. That was taken out. Um, mm -hmm. And then there was also like the date that the Seminoles would begin to be able to take bets in their casino. That was like October 15th or something. So there was a few small things that were taken out, but for the most part, everything that you've read uh, basically about the monopoly in sports betting is all wrapped up in there. And, <sighs> you know, here's, here's the thing. There's, there's, this is a complex issue and, you know, there, there's, and, and by the way, like tomorrow is going to be the the house. They're going to pretty much pass it through. And then it's going to basically go to um, it, it's going to go to the federal level for them to sign off on. And that's where it gets a little bit hairy. But before we get into that, what was a big surprise from my angle, because everybody knows I'm plugged in on the DFS side of things yes. is DFS has been like pretty clear in Florida for a while. No real issues, no real threats of it kind of not existing. And then all of a sudden, literally like on Friday of last week, two bills came out that would have more or less killed daily fantasy in Florida. And, you know, it was a really curious timing of this because nobody was expecting it. You got to realize like the fantasy industry, even though we're pretty small in the grand scheme of things, we are very plugged in on the legislative side. Right. We've got lobbyists. You know, we're, you know, we know when things are happening. And when so this bill dropped, where did, it, where did it come from, Dan? Well, that's the question is why did this bill suddenly come out? And the easy thing to throw out there was, well, this special session was supposed to be about gambling and it was supposed to be about you know, fixing sports betting here in the state of Florida and people love to, you know, bring fantasy sports into that conversation. I get it. Um, but the problem was we've had dozens of fantasy sports bills in this country 
And the one thing you'll notice about them is they're all a lot alike. You know, they're all pretty much cut and paste from what we've seen with Massachusetts and then New York and then Tennessee and a number of these other states who have adopted fantasy regulations, they're all very similar. This had nothing that looked like some of the other stuff that we've seen previously. And the way that it was written looked like it would potentially cripple fantasy sports to the point of them not even being able to offer it in Florida. Wow. So when I see something like this, my little conspiracy radar comes out and say, like, why would somebody bring a bill to the table that was so bad? Smokescreen. That, well, it, I don't Smokescreen. know. There, this is a distraction for something else. Well, maybe, but it's also like there's, there's, it went one of two ways. Okay. It went very well, went, went one of two ways. One, the person who did this just didn't know fantasy sports. Oh my! And gosh. he came out and, and 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 admittedly, he came out and said, "I did this because this new gaming panel might not view fantasy sports as legal, and I didn't want that to happen." Which pretty naive, because I'm pretty surprised <laughs> like, if that, that was going to happen. That sounds like bullshit. Yeah. I mean, and I'm then, just saying that sounds like bullshit. And but then the ahead. other thing that that went in my head is like. Who doesn't want fantasy sports in Florida? Good question. There's an obvious answer to that question. Mm. I'm not going to answer it, but you can pretty much put two and two together and figure out who that group would be. Now, I'm not throwing stones and saying that's exactly what happened because I don't know. But Mm. when I see something that was written and something that came out that was not like anything we've ever seen and something that would, in essence, shut down an industry that would compete with sports betting, mm-hmm. it it makes me wonder a little bit. Now, the mm. good news, the good news is the fantasy sports community stepped up um, last night. Everybody was out emailing their, their legislatures, and, and kudos to the FSGA, the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association. They have it really easy where – you, you basically go to the site, you press a button, and it sends an email saying, I don't want this to happen. Oh, there and you go. it was basically... Was that, a, was that an organized effort, Dan? Yes, an organized effort. Okay, Absolutely. Like you had I like that. Everybody kind of in the fantasy industry come together. Um, big names like Matthew Barry with, you know, oh, million-plus okay. followers yeah. coming through. And it was awesome to see. And sure enough, today, the bill was dead was basically deemed oh, we're not going to touch it we're not going to deal with it this year maybe we'll look at it next year so um you know it was gave a little bit of anxiety you know might have had a few heart palpitations here in florida uh last night you know before we found out today that they were going to kill it because ultimately this was going to be a bad deal for fantasy sports in florida and that's big big business in this state so i'm not saying they shouldn't eventually come up with some regulations around fantasy sports, but what they came up with in these two bills was awful. So it was good to see that uh, it didn't happen. Is the, I mean, okay. So the fantasy bill was terrible. Yes. Is, is the sports betting bill any better? I mean, from, (laughs) from, from the looks of it, it's not like, it's just like, what is going on? And, and I mean, to me, it just looks like they're trying to keep out certain people. I mean, well, you, know, you, you got to pay yes. this, 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 this extra, I mean, 
you see in the movies back in the day in the mob and you got to pay them off to protect, you know, the protection fee and all this stuff. I mean, they're going to make them pay like 40% to them for giving them the operator position and things like, like what is going on? This doesn't look like a good deal just from the outside. It's not, but it was never going to be a good deal um, because of the way that this works in Florida. So, you know, you have the Seminole tribe who, um, is operating gaming in the state of Florida. And a couple of years ago, and maybe, I don't know about a couple, maybe like five years ago, the a lot of the other tracks and poker rooms started running these designated player games. Have you heard of these things? Yes. It's really odd. The yes. first time I saw it, I was like, what the hell's going on here? Yes. There's a guy at the end of the table who's got a yes. giant stack of chips. Yes. And he doesn't really play. He just folds his hand every time. I was like, what's going on here? Well, What the hell is even that? Exactly. <laughs> and more or less what it is is, you know, this guy is banking the games. It's player designated, you know, yes. banking of games. Well, yes. there's companies that, that play that role. Yes. And it's basically, you know, they offer pie gal poker, they offer war and they call it single game poker. Yes. They offer three game poker. As long as they call it poker, they felt like, Hey, this is, this is above this board. Is okay. This is yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. it came out that it wasn't okay. <laughs> and the Seminoles who were paying $300 million a year to the States it was ruled that you guys don't have to pass anything. So the state went from making 300 million a year to Ooh. zero. And wow. And that's the impetus of this whole compact was to get the Seminoles back to paying the state you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm. And that was accomplished. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of things that go into this. Um, but the fact of the matter is, the state is going to get $2.5 billion over the next five years. Now, if sports bet in this... Up you know, sports, front or from what? what, what where's the 2.5? This is their guarantee. This is what they have to pay? Yes, they're paying $500 million a year to the state. Now, the sports betting angle, oh. it's the sports betting angle. And we've heard Dan Wallach, who, you know, is really yeah. smart. He's the yeah. guy who knows sports betting. Yes. Mucho respect for him. And and I get where he's coming from saying it's a bad deal. It's a bad deal for gambling operators. It's a bad deal for consumers. But it just never was going to be a good deal at any point in time. So here's the deal. It's $500 million a year for the state or $0 for the state. And here's the, here's the rub. The state's still getting all the tax revenue because those designated player games that all these poker rooms loved can now still exist because it says there in the, in the compact that, you know, we won't dispute this. So there's a lot of money show game going on here to get that money. Exactly. And, and I think the last thing to remember here too, is there's a good chance the sports betting aspect of this deal. Isn't gonna, gonna make it through uh, the federal government or certainly some lawsuits. There's a very good really? chance it's not going to. What and this is, is it a favorite or a dog to get through on a federal? I record? think it's it's definitely a uh, it's it's a Stall dog favorite? to pass. It's a really? dog. It's a dog yeah. to pass. It's a dog to pass. But here's the deal. What I the think hell? the compact itself will go through, but they'll strip out this sports betting component because oh. it's pretty clear this idea of 
gambling on Indi- on you know um, Native American land just yes. by putting a a server there. It's that doesn't mean you can distribute like yeah. statewide mobile gaming. Oh like, yeah. I oh, think I, that's a yeah. very big stretch to make. <laughs> big so, leap to make, right? That's a big, I mean, like, that's a huge, big, big leap to make. Huge. Like so, Grand Canyon-like leap to make over. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> and and huge kudos to Jill on Sports Channel because she laid this out really well. Yeah. Because I finally learned that it was like $50 million is that amount that they designated for sports betting. So the, the compact will still exist, but they'll just have to pay $50 million left less if sports betting gets thrown out and here's the deal if sports betting gets thrown out doesn't mean we can't do sports betting just means it won't be done through this compact so i think like these other operators they want to play nice a little bit in case it goes through because there's a slim chance they can get a small piece of it but i think at the end of the day if this does get thrown out I don't think that sports betting is not going to exist. Like, yes, the Seminoles will be able to offer it brick and mortar, but ultimately this amendment we passed not that long ago was saying, okay, it's up to the voters to decide. Well, I don't think there has been a single referendum put on the books in the United States around sports betting that hasn't passed by the voters. I don't think that's Mm. ever happened. Alabama didn't Alabama no they didn't ever get it on no they never got it on the on on there the the legislation never never passed okay so um I think the the closest thing we've seen is Maine passed it and then I think the governor said no I'm not going to sign off on it it. but for most most of the time if you put a ballot measure on saying do you want to bet on sports you know what people are going to vote yes yes yeah like I yeah. want to bet on sports. I want to play on FanDuel and DraftKings and Barstool and BetMGM yeah. because I'm familiar with these things. So right. I don't think it's a it's that crazy of an idea that it's going to be a few years down the road, but it's going to happen in Florida if this aspect of the compact gets thrown out. But as somebody who lives here, somebody knows what you know the financials of of what we deal with in terms of this state, to not say yes, I'll take your 450 to $500 million a year, <laughs> I think is, is short-sighted. I yeah. think y- you got to say yes to that. And in the end, I think it could actually work out for sports betting operators, but it's just not going to be quick. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I mean, and I'm surprised you make it a dog to pass as it is, but I think you're going to see if it doesn't, it's going to open up a lot of ways and a lot of like uh, people looking to drop off envelopes and get to the right people and do a lot of lobbying to get in there again, because it's going to be a gold mine. I mean, we know the four oh, yeah. states, it's New York, it's Florida, it's Texas, and it's California. And the first one that gets it of those four is going to swing the market, all the operators, everybody's going to be wanting to get in there and it's going to be monstrous, but and, and the, the thing you got to remember is there was no deal that was going to go through that wasn't advantageous towards the Seminole tribe. Like, they weren't going to sign off on something because guess what? They could have just continued on doing what they're doing and not paying the state hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. So, what, of course, they're going to sign a deal 
that's advantageous to them. That's why it was a tricky, tricky negotiation Mm. that the previous governor wasn't able to do. Um, But I think at the end of the day, I, I don't think it's a bad deal for the state. It could be a horrible deal for the sports betting operators and maybe even sports bettors if, if say, Hard Rock and, and the Seminoles do have the monopoly and they treat the market terribly. Yeah, We'll see. It's well, very yeah. possible that yeah. happens, but yeah. you never know. But at the end of the day, there was going to be no deal otherwise because the Seminoles just wield so much power in the state. That's the bottom line. It's amazing to have the best of it and then still have the best of it in a new deal. Like you, I mean, you, they, they don't acquiesce anything. They just get a better deal or yeah. it's still an advantageous deal. They, and yeah, I mean, they got I, other things. They got slots. They've or not slots. They've got um, craps. They've got roulette. Like they, they got extra games that they can offer now, which they're going to make, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars right, themselves yeah, on right. that they weren't able to offer before. So, that, you know, there's a lot of things that they got in this deal. Ooh. And I think sports betting, I mean, you know what, as, I, as well as I do, Dave, it's not a huge margin business. Hell no. Scheme of it things. It's so, small. It's small. It's, it's very small. It's, it's tight. I mean, and you could lose. Yeah. Like you, you know, you, you could lose if you don't know what you're doing. So, um, yeah, it's uh, – it's a different type of business, and I can't believe that they're yeah two point five billion over five oh years two point five billion billion that's a lot of money. So, all right, so it's been three years uh, since Passpa passed, and um, we've seen some articles come out. We had a lot of text back and forth. It was a good discussion. Different things we read, heard, talked about. We've all, you know, Smiley was there when it passed. He, I mean, he he did all kinds of stuff. You've been around this business a long time, racket. Um, and he had a good idea. Let's name the three most surprising things since past for past, and the three least surprising things uh, to you or to me. So. Um, I'll you throw go it first. to you first. Oh, I'll go first. You okay, go no, first. No, no, no. Cause I just went on a huge. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. So <laughs> my first thing is it will start with, um, surprising first is I wrote down the lack of opportunity for odds makers and risk guys like myself. Um, I, we thought when this was even being talked about in Vegas, we were like, man, we're going to be able to pick up and move wherever we want. There's going to be, and they're going to pay top dollar. They are going to like, we're going to be in demand again. And yikes, this is going to open up. You know, if you want to stay, it's going to drive up the market here. And if you want to leave, you're going to have all kinds of opportunity. If you want to move to New Jersey, if you want to move to Indiana, if you want to move, they're going to need us. And (laughs) it's done the exact opposite. I mean, because they went and got people to do this. That ain't from the United States. They made deals with all these companies. You can't go to the street, guys. I mean, there's guys booking in places, Florida, Pennsylvania, all over the place, that are booking real booking, like real numbers Mm -hmm. and taking bets and have been for years and are really good at it. But they can't get a license. Yeah. Uh, You know, they probably got records. They probably got pinched or they didn't or they've been hiding, whatever. So you can't go to them and say, hey, we want you to help us run the book and make the most money we can. And they just ignored Vegas. Like literally, I mean, I, I, I got to the finish line with so many different companies and talked to them about this, that, whatever. I ended up taking an opportunity to go move to West Virginia to be the sports book director. Somebody plucked me right out of Vegas and I was going to return 
prodigal son returning home to Pittsburgh, uh, 45 minutes from Pittsburgh in Wheeling, West Virginia, which isn't Pittsburgh. It's Wheeling, West Virginia. And I forgot when I lived in Pittsburgh why I didn't go to Wheeling other than for a night to go to the track or some other shit. Um, I lasted seven weeks. It was a different kind of company um, and nothing worked. The software was different. Everything was, it was a disaster. And thank goodness I didn't move my wife and kids, but I came back to Vegas and I've talked to people all over who, I mean, the risk management part of the business is a big part of the business. And it turned into, when Passport passed, the least important part of the business. It's all about the marketing. It's yep. all about the customer acquisition. It's all about everything else except who's taking the bets. They got all these outside companies that come in and say, oh, we got it. We'll offer same game parlays. We'll, we'll let the people bet what they want. You set the limits. We'll manage the risk, and you guys are good. Everything's automated. You don't even need to be an odds maker. You just type it in, copy it, whatever you do, and that's it. So that's my number one, Dan. I, I, I'll, I'll throw it to you for that, your number one. You know, but, man, I mean, like, what the hell happened? That's something you can relate to way more than, than I can, for sure. Oh. And it's a perspective that I didn't even – really think about at the time but you know it is kind of surprising that there hasn't been almost any book who has done that like you say they're almost all outsourced in the and i mean as a better how frustrating is it to be like okay i'm gonna go bet on DraftKings, and then oh i'm gonna go bet on barstool oh it's exactly same. the same, same odds you know <laughs> they're two different companies <laughs> But they're the same company is 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 handling it and can be and it's like yeah. I know yeah. why they go that route. I, I I I understand it to a point, but as a better, it sucks. Like there's nothing worse than being like, oh, right. it's just this it's just you know, copy and paste odds from one to another. Like, I that's would not love a good experience, to be I don't think. On the uh, a fly on the wall when Canby does the pitch. I mean, I've met a lot of them here at yeah. CES in 2019, they were here and I went and listened to the pitch and I'm like, wow, you guys tell these hotels, these companies, whatever, that you're going to do all of this. And it is kind of ready made. They, I mean, the hands off aspect of actually taking the bets and handling the risk. I get it, but I was surprised by that. How, so many casinos in different states were like, yeah, hands off. We don't want anything to do. We might lose. Oh, I don't want to touch that. You can guarantee me we're going to win. Um, we're going to hold a certain percentage. I just have to pay you rent or, you know, you're going to pay rent or whatever. We're going to have a rev share. Cool. And yeah. just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I didn't see it coming. I mean, I, 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 didn't I, see it coming. I, I just didn't see it coming. I think in the sense of like, your competitor is using these same companies. Like yeah. why would you yes. want to just run a duplicate operation to what they're doing? <laughs> it just it's, seems, seems not I, smart, but, no, um, but there's reasons for it. You know, there's, there's, there's definitely reasons for it, especially if you're a book like Barstool starting from scratch, scratch. like it makes your life a little bit easier. So I, I yeah. get it. Um, I'll put in, a least surprising and a most surprising oh, into good. one. Okay. Yeah. So least surprising for me is FanDuel and DraftKings success. Like I right. was very confident, you know, based on what they did in 2016 with their advertising, they were household names in this country. And it was only a matter of time before they flipped the switch 
and said, okay, we're going from daily fantasy and we're going to be uh, running sports book. And by the way, all those, you know, that daily fantasy account that you made in 2016 that you played <laughs> twice on, well, guess what? You've already got a sports book account. Bang, that. boom. You know who we are. Like you're comfortable uh, with us. So that's not surprising you could to me. transfer the money yeah. very easily. Very it was easy. So ready made. Right? Yeah. And, and it was nationwide. Like that was easy. the big deal for them where, you know, William Hill might have owned the Vegas strip in terms of sports books, but outside side of Vegas, people didn't know who the hell they were. Still don't. They still don't. <laughs> That's why they're changing the name. <laughs> but, but, you know, they certainly didn't when it came down to like New Jersey and Illinois. It's like, yeah. no, all these people are already playing on FanDuel and DraftKings. Like, of course, you know, they're going to play on those books. So that wasn't surprising to me. But, but what is around those companies is, and maybe you can speak to this because it's your neck of the woods, is how has FanDuel and DraftKings not entered uh, Nevada and Las Vegas to operate a sports book in the in the epicenter of sports betting here, really in the United States. And um, it's shocking to me, and I kind of understood it in the early going because they didn't want to maybe jeopardize their their daily fantasy game, and maybe there was some connection there about um, running sports book in, in Vegas and, and suddenly their, their fantasy game is looked at differently, but so many years have passed now that I think they would have just said, we'll figure it out. Like, I don't believe there's a connection between the two. I think you can run sports book in Vegas and daily fantasy everywhere else. And it's not going to jeopardize what you call a skill game and, in Tennessee because you run a sports book in Las Vegas. Maybe early on they had that worry. I don't know if it exists now. And I'm just surprised that they haven't infiltrated one of the, I mean, how many books do you have in, in Las Vegas? <laughs> yeah, a lot. 40, whatever. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah. Like, I'm just I, shocked there's not a FanDuel or DraftKings presence at all I'll tell in you Nevada. Why. So this is, this is awesome. Uh, it's, goes back to when they were coming in with fantasy and they kind of didn't bully places into accepting it, but they did, you know, they just bought the right legislators and just came in and said, we're running fantasy and we're a fantasy company. And they tried to do it in Nevada and Nevada said, well, it's it's gambling. And they said, no, it's not. And they said, yes, it is. And they said, no, it's not. They said, if you want it here, you have to say it's gambling and you got to play by our rules. This is the way it goes. And that's why they left. That's and why DraftKings they... and Fandle said, we're not saying that because yep. that will jeopardize everything else we're doing in yep. the United States. Yep. So I got that. Yeah. Nevada, but, Nevada said, peace out. You don't yep. want to play by our rules. And this was pre sports book though. Exactly. So, they, yeah. but they, if, they knew that that was the next move yeah. in Nevada. So they said, you won't say it. Forget it. And now they're keeping them out. They there's a standoff. There's a there's a hard headed standoff because FanDuel and DraftKings are going to come in and do what they do. And if they didn't play by the rules before, they're not going to play by the rules when they get here. And Nevada has to protect what they have, I think. And and, and not that that's right, but I know what's going on. It's so kind of old school. It's so kind of old guys network, whatever you want to call it, like. And the new kids can't come in and do that. They're just not going to allow them to do it. And 
Because if they come in, they're going to spend more than anybody is. They might spend more than the whole strip combined on marketing and just take everything. But I mean, I you mean, got a dog shit mobile product already in, in Nevada. That's not really changing anytime soon. Well, but the regulations, like, you have to have a meeting to have yeah. a meeting to have a hearing <laughs> to change a software. And then yeah, after you do that, you have to meet the people and they have to maybe apply for a license. It takes six months to have a hearing, to have a meeting, to get a license. Then they do the check and then it's a year. So nobody changes their shit here. They're using antiquated stuff to get something past the change um, to use it's hard. So you can't ramp it up. And then two, if you ramp up the software, you offer more stuff, you might have to hire more people. And the last thing anybody in the casino in Nevada wants to do is hire more people. They're looking to hire less and less and less. Like everybody is, you know, corporate wise, less is more. We can make more at the top and screw the worker at the bottom. That's number one rule in the casinos. I've been in there 20 years, you know, before this year. I it's it's truth. It's not bullshit. They're looking to cut hours. We wouldn't have enough writers on busy days in the book to save the $10 an hour that they were paying the writer. They didn't want you to get overtime and they didn't want to pay someone extra because they might not write a full amount of tickets allotted. So complete bullshit and backwards thinking. But I think you saw what DraftKings did by acquiring VEASAN, right? Yes. They had to get a Nevada, Las Vegas presence with a media company. And that kind of leads me to my uh, number two, um, you know, surprising thing, but not really surprising thing is how the sports books are becoming media companies. I mean, they are literally trying to get the message out there to spending on advertising as, as we'll get to in, in a little while. I mean, Jeff Edelstein wrote a, an article on sports handle that was really good and kind of brought it into focus with numbers and things like that. Go read that article. Um, it's astronomical what they're doing, but they're taking the bets on the back end too. And they, everybody got an affiliate thing where they try to get you to read a promo code. I can't take the ads anymore. I watch a game. Yeah. DraftKings Fandle, DraftKings Fandle in Nevada where you can't do DraftKings and Fandle. So I can only imagine how annoying it is in the States you can't. But it's in your face and it's like it's just entirely too much for me. I don't know. I mean, do you feel it? Because you've been in the fantasy world before the sportsbook world. And listen, what they did in 2015, they took over live sports. It was yeah. annoying as hell. And I think people that didn't do fantasy, let alone bet, were like, what the shit is this? It's too much. Yeah, I I think that, you know, I, I would have thought they would have learned their lesson. And I and, and there's some interesting quotes in that article that you mentioned. And, and Jason, who I know fairly well over at DraftKings, he's been there forever, is – you know, the bigger problem they had was the messaging in some of their ads versus the actual amount. I don't know that I completely agree with that take, but I do know this is I, you know, I live in Florida. We're not a regulated state yet, but, you know, the ads are there, but I don't think they're too much. But I can tell you this, you go to Tennessee, go to New Jersey, you go to Illinois, you go to these local markets, Pennsylvania. Colorado, it's everywhere. 
It's, you know, everywhere. Like the pedal taverns in downtown Nashville, where you've got these drunken bachelorettes going down the street and it's got DraftKings on the side of the pedal tavern in downtown Nashville. Um, it's, it's quite hilarious. So I think in the localized markets, there's a hundred percent kind of overkill on this, but you know, these national, you know, media things that they bought, I'm, I'm not, I am surprised to a point. Um, and I was more surprised on the Levitar deal, I think, rather than the VEASAN deal. Oh my goodness. Because the Levitar deal was not Straight just media. Well, it wasn't just them sponsoring it. They're like, we're going to distribute it. We're going to sell ads right. on it. Like right. it was way beyond the scope of being like, hundred percent, you know, we're just sponsoring something. It's like, no, we're going to, and, and it's same with the VEASAN deal to a point where it's like we're going beyond just the the putting our name on something, which right. I think could work out really well for them if they've got smart people who know what they're doing. But it's completely out of what they've ever done before. Like they've had DraftKings TV. They've had content that they've distributed before and haven't gotten a lot of traction. I don't think distributing content with your name around it is – a big business. I don't for these for these companies. Uh, I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think it. I, mean, I don't think it drives as much as they want it to. It's but it definitely doesn't. Yeah. It's. I mean, and, yeah. and, and and for them to tell them that it does, somebody's bullshitting somebody. I mean, but at just, least how long at least DraftKings didn't. At least DraftKings said, okay, we're going to take a different method and we're just going to try and sell media overall because if they've got if. Let's face it, if this like Levitard thing blows up for them, I mean, they can make money, but they need it to really blow up because they paid a lot of money and it's not even a full bowl, like full blown, like we own this forever. No, you've got it for three years, three years. to turn your five what, million a year. How much was it? 50 a million? 16.5 a year for okay. three years. 16 a million yeah. a year for, yeah. for three, years. three years. So, 50 million you know, dollars. you want to what? Three extra money on that investment, at least right? I'd say. You tell me, you're the radio guy. Yeah, what do they I, I mean, so like they've got a lot of work to do, a <laughs> lot of work to do, and buying advertising is easy, um, and, but selling advertising and distributing content mm. is a totally different animal. Now, yes. admittedly, they've made some good moves managerially uh, in, in the executive level to maybe be able to do this, but you know it's not going to be something that they've done previously. So no. I'm watching from afar and, you know, they're, they're worth billions of dollars. They can make mistakes <laughs> on things and, and survive. But, um, but yeah, they got to get moving. Cause like you say, <laughs> time it's, to go. It's, 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 it's time it's, to go. It's going to no be time. interesting. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be interesting. Okay. I'll go to my next one here. Right. And, this is one thing I'm very surprised about. In three years, we haven't had a major sports league ink a deal with a online sports book where they're actually streaming their games, their content, um, NBA, MLB, PGA, in an actual app for people oh, to be able to bet and watch games at the same time. Oh, God, please tell me that's not going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen. Exclusively? 
Like, or in addition to having the TV. Oh, yeah. No, it'll be in addition to. Like, this oh, okay. is, there's oh. way too much money oh, on the oh, linear oh, TV please. side oh, of things. Okay. But in terms of making a secondary deal where they pitch it to FanDuel or DraftKings and say, okay, somebody bets on the game, somebody makes a bet on this game, they can watch the game in the app and then we'll tailor odds to that specific game. And mm. why I'm so surprised about this is because it's huge in Europe with soccer and tennis, because what it is, is it's just like live betting porn for these guys because right. they're watching these games on their device. They can make a bet in the moment. And what I've seen in Colorado is just, I, I hate to to cuss here, so earmuff your kids if you're listening to it. Do it's it. fucking crazy around table there tennis. It is. Let it go, okay? there. Let it go. <laughs> it is around table tennis, which is driving greater handle than PGA and yeah. MMA. Legitimate sports. Yeah. Legitimate U.S. I mean, listen, based sports. Pong, but yeah. Right. And ping pong is driving greater handle than them. Yes. And the only reason I can think of it is because DraftKings, you can stream these ping pong matches on their app and you can live bet every single point. And yeah. it, it, it brings me to this full circle to my biggest thing that I just don't know why it hasn't happened yet is why hasn't the PGA Tour done a deal with a sports book to be able to have you live bet these golf rounds on your app where you can watch them and you can bet every single hole, every single shot. There is millions upon millions of dollars to be made for the PGA yeah. for these betting apps. You've got these people who, like myself, who've got money to spend, who love watching golf and... It doesn't exist. You can't get the you can't get the right feed. You're behind. Somebody will know. There's spotters on the course that will beat. There's the latency issues there's, with all just, these other I know, things. Though. I know. I know. That's why. That's why. That's you can't you can't stream it on the app. But Hopefully but here never. here's where you can. Here's where you can. And I'll tell you, you why. Because you're right. No, you can. Because sport. there's no bullshit. Well, here's the problem, Dave. Is you you, you probably can't bet every shot but think how long it takes you to bet to, to play a golf hole it's 10 minutes oh that would be great you know what i'm saying oh, like okay oh. what's the odds that somebody's gonna birdie, bogey on this hole birdie par birdie bogey, bogey. Birdie, par, yeah, birdie par bogey That's you know I, I i don't think there's a latency issue with golf you know when you when you break it you down do it like that, that. If you yes. do it, oh, you could do it. Or you could say, oh, you know, over under birdies during the round and it, in it, in it, you know, the odds change based after every hole. Oh, you, um, you know, like there's, there's so many awesome. things you can bet oh. on where you don't have latency issues. Oh, um, for sure. And I'm just dumbfounded that it hasn't happened because the PGA tour has shown when they did the, the players this, this past yeah. uh, May, they showed every shot of every player live, not, not tape right. delayed. Live, so they can do it. Have you ever been there, by the way? Of course, it's like one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, I love sitting on is 17. It, is it that much fun? It looks fantastic. It's it's great. It is oh, an absolute. It's a, and I'll tell you what, oh. this year was great because it was like what 20% attendance. It, it gets a yeah. little bit hairy when it's right. like a little too many people, a yeah. little too many people, and yeah. like traffic sucks. But yes. like this year was just the best. You ever been but, to the Phoenix Open? 
No, that's on the list. And now that, that they was, got betting, I, uh, man, I'm definitely yeah. going to be going to be it, making the roadie. I lived uh, on that course. I used to go mm. every year. Uh, 16 is everything it lived up to be. And then some it's amazing. I was there when there were no grandstands. And now there's you can fit 25,000 people around the 16th hole. It is amazing. If you ne- ever go West Coast people, you want to pick a golf tournament to go to. It's like nothing you've ever been to. It's amazing. Are you a um, golfer? Oh yeah, I before, really. Yeah, I oh, did yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at you right now. I've yeah. never expected you to be a golfer. Yeah, Newbie, did I, you expect Dave to be a golfer? Just like looking at him here, like I, he's in not. a hockey jersey and a backwards hat. I was like, "There's no way this guy's this guy's a golfer." May, maybe not from sight, but you hear him talk. He has the business acumen of being a guy who hits the links. You know what I mean? You, you can always. There's a vibe. There's oh, a vibe, I'm and you have that, baby. I had to learn. I didn't play growing up. I mean, I was too busy. But you got one hell of a drive. You, that must be, you. Oh. You're a driver, right? Yeah, I I learned how to hit the golf ball, and then I was the director of sales and marketing for a, a resort called Rancho Manana Golf Resort in Cave Creek, Arizona, Scott North Scottsdale. I was playing four times a week, baby. I was entertaining people on the golf course. Looked like I was Happy playing. Gilmore I was with that jersey, man. Yeah, well, I wasn't playing jersey. in a jersey. I had to wear. I had to wear the nice shit. I wore the nice shit. Always had a nice hat on. But okay, I when I go to Vegas, one. when that next Vegas trip I make, I'm bringing my sticks and we're. Playing. Oh, we'll play golf, baby. Oh, oh yeah, I haven't played as much as I used to. Uh, my game's a little rough, but nah, oh, we'll have in. a good time. And I know a lot of people. Have you played Shadow games. Creek before? I have not. That's the one. One I have not. Oh. That's the one I got to play there in Cascada. I played almost all the other courses in town. And I got a golf guy now, so we can play wherever we want. Oh, you tell me love it. Coming. Yeah, love yeah, yeah. It. We'll get that hooked up. Uh, my other things that I'm surprised about um, is the disregard of the American way of doing things as far as sports books. They turn bookies into traders. They turn tickets into bet slips. And they did away with game numbers. Game numbers were forever. You used to have to type a game number or come up to the counter. Your, your team number. rotation numbers. That's it. No more. We did away with that shit. We'll just keep searching for, you know, um, you know, uh, Alabama. Well, which Alabama? A football, baseball, it doesn't matter. Find it. That's what we're looking So Search by name, Crimson Tide. It's led to a disaster at books uh, in person, but apparently it works better on mobile. So yeah. they've done it and done it their way. The European way is the only way uh, for these companies. I was I was battling back and forth when I was in West Virginia. I'm like, guys, you have to put the home team on the bottom. They're like, no, we don't. We put the home team on the top. Then, okay, fine. Screw you. Um, it's just different. So they've taken their way and made it our way uh, in a lot of ways, and it kind of blows for people that are used to doing it. But it has me surprised. Um, the things that I'm least surprised about, um, books aren't making money. Uh, they're spending money yeah, more than they're surprising. making money. It's not surprising at all. Um, we know what the business is margin-wise. Um, the acquisition fees and things that they're spending money on, I'm not surprised at all. It's a battle for customers. It's a volume business. and. Yes. Especially right out of the gates. Right. I big mean, bank, big bank, take little bank. I mean, it is just like spend, 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 spend. And then you hear these earnings calls and you're like, whoa, they're going to spend more in the fall. I mean, you lost how much? Doesn't surprise me. Maybe surprise some people. You see the stock prices. <laughs> Maybe didn't surprise them either after the last uh, month or so. What's happened? 
The other one I have here that's surprising or least surprising is companies getting bought for big money. My goodness gracious. You don't even need a product. You can have the speculation of having a product and a customer list, and somebody's going to say, hey, we'll, we'll buy you for $20 million. How about, no, $40 million. There's numbers being thrown about. It is incredible what is going on. Doesn't surprise me, surprising a lot of people. And that is also a race to get bought or to make an acquisition. And these companies that have the money are throwing it around. So I'm not really surprised at that uh, by any means. The last thing for me is, is a combined, like you just did, least surprising and most surprising, um, is how many experts there are on social media. And nobody loses on gambling Twitter. I am not surprised. And I it is the least surprising and it is the most surprising because I've gained a bunch of Twitter followers. Dan, you've got uh, you know, 30 some thousand Twitter followers. A lot of people that don't lose. I can't believe it. I got all these experts following me, pick services, um, betting experts. I'm still looking for that place where you find that professional better license. And you know, you, like you go to the DMV to get a driver's license. You go to an airport, you take flying lessons to be a pilot and be a get a pilot's license. I don't know where you go to get this professional better license. I really don't. But goddamn, a lot of people got it because they got the label on the Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, he's Dan Bach, which is Dan underscore B-A-C-K. Um, his Twitter bio says, Roto Grinders, Director of Media, DFS Player, DB730, partner at Better Collective Tennessee. He hates it. I had to read it once during the podcast because Dan don't <laughs> like it. He's going to change it. That was supposed My to be off bullshit. the record. <laughs> ah, it's, it's on the record now. We're doing a podcast. So he's going to change it. But, like, mine says uh, Pittsburgh native, Penn State grad, and, you know, I do a podcast. And I've been at a Las Vegas odds maker for years. I was offshore in Curacao. You can make it say whatever you want. But, God damn, there's a lot of experts out there. There's people doing panels, Dan that are like professional betters, media people. I am amazed at what has gone on. And I only have Twitter. I'm supposed to have, after we do my other podcasts and stuff, in the fall we're going to have Instagram. I'm going to have a TikTok. I'm going to have all this oh, bullshit. God. It's terrible. It's Just a shoot, bad shoot idea. Shoot me the day I'm on TikTok, okay? <laughs> oh, that's, Dan, that's you're going to do one with me. Oh, who you kidding? Oh, we're putting your I ass mean, Newbie's probably got, like, oh. he, he, Gary, he might have even, like, taken clips of the show and put it on TikTok for all I know. <laughs> I but, mean, like, he might. I, 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 I don't know. Okay, I got I one more that I haven't Go. gotten to. Last Go. one that I'm a little surprised about. Not totally surprised, but ESPN, the biggest name in sports. There's no question about it. I didn't expect them to, like, become a quote-unquote operator, but... I'm a little surprised they haven't licensed their name out to somebody to become an ESPN sports book. Because it may be happening. Well, I'm surprised it hasn't yet. Because okay. here's the thing. I mean, Disney, Disney, you're in Florida. Don't I you get it? I get it. We can't be taking bets. We're the mouse. Yeah, I, I get it. I, yeah. I, I kind of get it, but it's also <laughs> like. We're not taking the bets. We just gave our name. Like, oh, there was oh. ESPN the restaurant. Remember that? Out in Vegas in uh, yeah. New York, New York for a while. Yeah. Um, I would be like a licensing deal is you don't have to worry about booking the games. You don't have to worry about the marketing. You're mm. collecting hundreds of millions of dollars. And suddenly for a brand out there, 
who seems hopeless, suddenly would have the biggest name in sports betting overnight. Mm. FanDuel and DraftKings are huge, but if ESPN came to the table and licensed them their name as a sports book somewhere, it's an immediate opportunity for someone to become a major player. I mean, think of Penn getting Barstool and how big of a deal yeah. that yeah. was. Well, magnify that by 100, and that's what it would be if, I don't know, Hard Rock or, I don't know, Points Bet or... I don't know, William Hill slash Caesars. Somebody makes that offer to ESPN that's too good for them to refuse because it's free money. Free money. You don't have to do free anything money. except use our name. So mm. that's something that uh, that I think has, I'm surprised okay. it hasn't happened, but like you said, might be happening at some point. Yeah, it might. Um, I still think that stigma is there and they are Disney and all of that. So I don't know how how close they want to get. But, man, there's some strange bedfellows already. There's a lot of people that you didn't think was going to be partners in, in this and that. And, like, you know, the NFL can make a tri-exclusive deal. They just say, yeah, we'll be a partner with you. We'll be a partner with you. We'll put you on the signage. We'll put you here. Arizona, they got a, they made three deals. with. They're going to put a thing at the TPC Scottsdale. They're going to put a thing in Chase Field. And, oh, yeah, yeah they're going to put a thing at a football stadium. Like, And they're all different. You got exclusive here. You got exclusive. Exclusive what? It still bets on the game. Like it's crazy. I just yeah. Can't. Like I wouldn't even be shocked at some point if if Disney spins ESPN out on its own to allow them mm. to do more of this stuff. Like it wouldn't. Mm. It wouldn't shock me if mm-hmm. that happened. I mean, I honestly think the stigma is overrated. I, I know. Of course, D- we're Disney, in the business. It's always overrated. I know, but like. You could ask my neighbors who know nothing and say, who owns ESPN? They wouldn't have a freaking clue. They would have in no Florida, idea. Really? They don't know? No, probably oh. not. Cause they're old. They're like 80 year olds across the oh. street from me. Oh, yeah. So they okay. don't, they don't know. You live in the old folks community. Well, I've got some older neighbors. Okay. Right. Hopefully they don't listen to this. Podcast. <laughs> they're nice. Speaking people. of old people, newbie runs a show uh, for the, for the oldest, uh, maybe County in Pennsylvania. Up in Reading, he runs his talk it outro, and um, they love him. They love the kid, yeah. and I know you. We've gotten to know each other doing the show now, and you you had something that you yeah. had to ask newbie. Bring him to the people. I, I do. Mean, what, what, what do you got for the okay. kid? Newbie, you know Dave's always a little late showing up to these things, so you yeah. and I get yeah. good bonding time before the show. It's great, and I love it's talking nice. to you because I am. You've got like, yeah. You know, you know it when you hear it, especially when you have it yourself. You know, a little humble brag. You got the radio voice going, my man. Oh, but here's a, there's a little bit of a difference, though, is I have the radio voice, but I think, I think at some point in your life, in your career, you had to have been the announcer at some sort of gentleman's club, my man, because you've got that raspy ass cinnamon coming up to the, up to the stage. Now. Like, I mean, newbie, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but at the very least, you could probably put something out there right now and you'll probably get hired in about a week because I hear it in your voice, my there's, man. There's this great spot that uh, broken mirrors, dusty floors, it's called Al's Diamond Cabaret. And uh, I've I've actually never been there. Full disclosure, full peel back of the curtain for the uh, for the listeners here, the producer. 
I have never truly been inside of a strip club. But if they hired me to do the voiceover, coming to the stage now, Cinnamon with her third <laughs> C-section. Like, I would totally I would totally do that. That would be the like, first time I would be in a strip club. Like, Dave, you, you can hear it in that voice, right? Oh, easy. Like, oh, my like God. 100%. <laughs> oh, like, listen... Uh, I do this podcast with him every week called Cash Considerations. We do the hit on WEU, talk it out every Thursday. And every Thursday, every week when we get together, do the hype, he brings it. I mean, this is how we met. The first time we met, we talked. And then we said, he said, all right, come on my radio show. We'll talk. And he did this intro. And I said, you have me at a low. I mean, he had, it was so good. <laughs> you want to talk about bringing out the strippers. This is great. I didn't even know what you were going to ask, but you nailed it. Thank you. I I mean, now I'm blushing. I got to turn my camera (laughs) off again. Shit. Well, geez. I mean, I feel, I feel like you, I don't want to say you missed your calling because you've never even been in one, but I feel like, I feel like you need to like take a field trip to be like, wow. Oh, he's right. Like, because oh. every strip club announcer kind of sounds, sounds like the that. same. Sounds they like they all sound sounds the same. Like they got that deep, and it's <laughs> it's, it's not just talk. the the professional voice. It's the rasp. Yeah, the newbie rasp. talks, newbie strips coming to. A, uh, <laughs> a club, a club I, love I love it. Oh, that's fantastic! All right, well, that's the perfect way to end this one. Uh, newbie, we might have to have you take us out here in a second, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up for the people. Um, that's that's the Get It Grip podcast, um, and we're keeping that name for now. So yeah, Homer, we're keeping. You it. keep hitting it straight and and trying to make cuts. We're here hashing this stuff out, talking about sports betting and sports gambling business. We left so many things. We talk about leaving shots out on the course. We left a couple things that we're going to talk about probably next week, but. Thanks for joining us for the show. He is Dan Bach, which is uh, Dan underscore B-A-C-K on Twitter. Um, I am Dave Sharapan, the Sportsbook Consigliere on Twitter, SportsBK Consig. The show is Get a Grip. You can find it at Sports Handle, which is Sports underscore Handle. The executive producer of the show, not here tonight and still in the background, but going to be a big part of the show is Brett Smiley. You find him at Brett Smiley on Twitter and our, our producer slash and that strip club announcer, Dan <laughs> Newbert. He is at newbie talks. Michael newbie. You got anything for the people on the way out? Uh, I guess uh, come stop by Al's Diamond Cabaret. Diamond giving uh, $2 Tuesdays coming up. Uh, <laughs> there it is. This is the Get a Grip Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review the show. Follow us uh, on Twitter. And thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you guys next week.